1: Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible, and welcome to the next installment of our Countdown to Camp series. It's Thursday, June 3rd, and we are all set to preview the first position of the Chicago Bears defense. We're going to stick in the trenches. Last week, we broke down the Bears offensive line. So this week, it's all about the Bears defensive line. I'm Russell DeWitt, and I'm glad you're here. I'm excited to break down yet another position. Of course, here with me is my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. Nick, first of all, amazing seeing you last Saturday down in Chicago. Uh, The White Sox won both of the games we attended, and we had a pretty good dinner as well, and it was just a really good time overall. I'm glad to see you here virtually again this week, but how have you been? I know your finals for grad school, which... A uh, pre-congratulations for getting that underneath your belt. I'm pretty sure the next time we do an episode, you'll be all done with the grad school. So that's pretty awesome for me to say. And I'm sure it feels uh, better for you to hear as well as just kind of reach the finish line. But how's your week going, man?
0: Yeah, it's going good. It's still still grinding, just finishing the last two finals I have before grad school is done with. But that is some that's something to look forward to. The next time we talk about the Bears, I'll be done with everything. I should be. I better be because there, there's no late accepting of those finals there, but been doing well. It was, it, it seems like, I don't know why. It seems almost like a forever ago since we saw each other, even though it was just, you know, last weekend. And yeah, it was a really good time being in Chicago, seeing the White Sox win and having some really good food afterwards The Dearborn has, if you haven't been, definitely check it out. It has some really good food there as well, but yeah, really good time. And we're already talking about the next time we we potentially will see each other, Iowa Hawkeyes the indiana hoosiers week one at at iowa city that that would be a fun time too
1: oh it's going to be a fun time i'm glad though nick at our dinner we had crab i mean that's just what we do we have to have crab every meal that we have whenever we actually get to see each other uh, in person going back to our crab cellar days a couple of training camps ago Um, but i know with your final project you've been doing a lot of video editing uh, a lot of voice recording and you mentioned to me like your throat you're feeling it a little bit huh
0: I am, yeah. So if it it sounds a little raspy, it's because I'm just on uh, Adobe Edition trying to get everything perfect. So I apologize in advance. if Maybe I have like a high-pitched voice. Who knows? We'll see what happens in this episode. But, yeah, it's definitely – getting my voice is getting worked uh, this past week.
1: It's a little hoarse, um, but we can make it do here uh, on the podcast. But, Nick, we have to break down, you know, everyone on the Bears roster. That's what we do in Countdown to Camp. Today is going to be every defensive lineman – heading into camp on this roster. Uh, But before we dive into that subject matter, uh, I figured since the Bears are going through OTAs this week, there's been some storylines that have came through. I have three. I'll share them, and then I'm just it over to you to... Kind of give your two cents on any of those, or maybe you have a fourth that I haven't really ran into just yet. Um, but first of all, Daz Newth- Newsome, our rookie wide receiver, uh, he did suffer a collarbone break earlier this week. But luckily, uh, it was, a would say, a minor break. Uh, I forget the technical term. I wish Mason was on the show here with us so he can give us all the details. Um, but the good news is that Newsom should be ready to rock and roll for training camp uh, and, for, and we'll talk about that more in depth when we get to the wide receiver preview here in a few weeks. Uh, and then on just in terms of attendance, I thought it was interesting uh, what was getting reported. On offense, uh, very good attendance right now. Only Allen Robinson and Nick Foles not present during these OTAs. But on defense, it's a completely different story with only Roquan Smith being the starter there on that side of the ball, the only one present right now during OTA. So anything that I missed or anything you wanted to kind of chime in on to kind of start things off here today?
0: I'll say the, the offensive line being there is a huge plus, I think just for both of these quarterbacks, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, who are going to get accustomed to new guys. So that's, that was a good, um, you know, just hearing that, that they're all there, especially two new guys being implemented on that offensive line, possibly. So that's good to hear. But I'm not too worried about the attendance, the in-person attendance, because a lot of those veteran guys are also just attending virtually through the Zoom meetings. So at least they're there in a sense. But, yeah, I wouldn't make too much of that. The Daz some injury only means that, that guys like Anthony Miller, who maybe not, not on the borderline, I'm not making this roster, but they get those reps. And they, they were going to get those reps regardless. But now they're definitely going to get the boatload of those reps for at least what I think it was eight weeks or whatever it may be for the collarbone injury, for training camp, Daz Newsome should be back. But yeah, I think those are the big takeaways. But I wouldn't be, you know, too concerned about you know guys like Allen Robinson and most of the defense not being there yet. They're still, again, like I said, attending those those Zoom virtual meetings.
1: I think there's one player uh, that we'll talk about that I, I wish would get back on the field, knock off some rust, and we'll talk about him here. Uh, and just a little bit and you also shared a video that you kind of caught at a good time on instagram earlier right anthony miller coming down with a nice catch in the end zone today uh, via quarterback you think justin fields some people say otherwise who threw that ball depending on how that video kind of cut out the qbs uh we had what both dalton and fields throwing roughly at the same time and i don't know maybe you're just really hoping it's number one out there throwing these you know touchdown strikes but uh you saw that as well huh
0: yeah, just right place, right time. I saw it on Anthony Miller's uh, Instagram story, and you know he replied to the tweet saying I was quick, quick, or however, however he posed or said it in his tweet there. But yeah, it was a really more. It doesn't matter really who threw it, even though it was Justin Fields. Anthony Miller made a great catch, and like like we were just talking about, he's going to get more of those opportunities, and he just needs to keep showing out, not just in camp, but really translate that to games. So yeah, it was, it's good to see that though. You want to see those kind of things. And I know some people are complaining, oh, he has to use both hands. Like, that was a high pass. It's like he probably can only catch that with his right hand extended out there like that. But really good catch, really good play, and we hope to see that in person if we're able to go.
1: True story. And, yeah, I was examining the video before we went live, and I was like, I can probably play it back 100 times, try to figure out the ball angle and who threw what, but I have more important things to do, catching up with you before we go live, so... Wasn't going to dive too deep into that one personally right now. Who knows? If I have a restless night of sleep, maybe we go CSI on you and you wake up to a whole breakdown uh, on your phone.
0: (laughs) Maybe, but I, nah, you don't, don't waste your time. We'll get that. Fair.
1: Good, please. Uh, we have one more day of work here this week. So before we begin, uh, I just want to share with our listeners you know what to expect in this episode. Uh, Nick and I, we're going to discuss each defensive lineman currently on the roster, our expectations, any question marks that we have heading into for each of them into 2021. Uh, we'll share our picks on who's going to make the final roster here for the defensive line I don't think that's going to be a difficult decision. Uh, We'll get there when we do. And then at the end of the show, uh, we'll have some fun making some bold predictions, play some over-under. And again, I have a few more superlative type of questions uh, for both of us. So, Nick, are you ready to rock and roll? Let's do it. Awesome. So let's enter Tier 1, who I'm dubbing the Big 3. And I want to kick off this week's show by taking a look at the heart and soul of the unit And I'm sure you know who I'm referencing. That's right. We're going to start off by discussing uh, Akeem Hicks. He's entering his 10th season now in the NFL, his sixth in Chicago. He will be turning 32 this season. He's coming off a year where he had 49 tackles, 7 for a loss, 3.5 sacks, and 21 QB hits, which by the way, those 21 QB hits were the team high for the Bears last year. Akeem Hicksy appeared in 15 mm-hmm. games during the regular season, which was tremendous given you know the fact that he missed 11 games the year prior with that elbow injury. And even though he didn't rack up all the sacks, uh, he was still one of the better Bears at getting after the passer, as he was second on the team with 53 pressures, only six behind Khalil Mack and. They were the only two Bears that had more than 33 pressures last year, just to kind of put it into some perspective. Now, we've had the privilege of watching Hicks play for quite some time, and I feel like we all know what he brings to the table right now. Every year, I love to kind of you know applaud him for being what I call a two-way defender, not just a force at getting after quarterbacks, but one of the better run defenders in the game at his position. His 25 run stops last year were also 12th in the league of all interior defensive linemen. But, Nick, I want to go over to you. He's now another year older. Are we needing to start to taper some expectations for Hicks? I feel like I've asked that question at least two years in a row now, and it feels like the only thing that has held him back has been his health. So I'm curious. Do you think that Hicks, we can see some 2016, 2018 type of numbers, which is like seven or more sacks, 50 tackles, double-digit tackles for a loss, or are those days unfortunately
0: behind us in your mind? I don't think so, Will. I think, you know, last year obviously went through that hamstring injury against the Minnesota game. That kind of slowed him down for the rest of the season there. But I think Akeem Hicks is still capable of being that player that we saw 2017, 2018, really consistent throughout the season that he can be a productive player like that two-way player you were saying. So he's had some injuries, though, recently. But I would say overall in his Bears career, He's been relatively healthy and been on the field and been a productive one. And when you get guys coming back, like an Eddie Goldman, who we will talk about, that's gonna help out in Eddie. That's gonna help out in Akeem Hicks, no doubt. And with this new scheme that Sean Desai is gonna implement, I think you're gonna see just more opportunities for him to get those those plays where he's in an advantageous situation. Whether it's going up and looping on, on stunts with maybe a Khalil Mack, where we saw success happen when You know, Vic Fangio is calling those defensive plays. I think you're going to see a little bit more of that this season with Sean Desai. So I'm looking at Akeem Hicks to have really, I don't know if it's a bounce back here, but just a more productive year overall from start to finish.
1: There's so many times last year when you rewatch some of Hicks's play where he was just so close to, you know, taking down that quarterback. Again, he was very high in terms of just generating pressures. And I felt like he, as well as just... The majority of this Bears defensive line, heck, this entire Bears defense, they're just so close from actually making that play. And I think you know having Eddie Goldman back, which we'll really talk about his impacts, going to help, uh, as well as having a little bit more creativity up front. Do you think that creativity, and again, I think this is a blanket question, and so I'll just say it now while it's in my mind before I forget, that Sean Desai and being a little bit more aggressive with maybe some of these stunts up front should open up everyone that we talk about here today to have maybe more explosive
0: plays that we saw a year prior? I think so, because to me, when you watch the defensive line, it almost seemed like it was so simplistic, I guess, with what the defensive line was asked to do. Just kind of go straight forward, get to the quarterback as best you can with what you with the tools that you have, whether it's a swim move or, you know, spin, whatever it may be. And there just weren't as much stunts, but we would point them out whenever they did it because there was some success, but you just didn't see it as often. You, look, you can't do it every single time. You're going to get exposed that way. But I think when you have a young creative mind, even though it's his first year doing this in Sean Desai, you're going to have more opportunities to make some of those splash plays. So, yeah, I think that it's not just Akeem Hicks who's going to benefit. It's really this whole defensive line, this whole defense.
1: Now, we can talk about how strong Akeem is. Like, he can win with the bull rush. He's nimble. He can win with a quick swim move. We've seen it all when it comes to Akeem Hicks. Now he can set up and bait opposing offensive guards linemen in front of him uh, to kind of, you know, bend them at his own mercy sometimes. So I don't feel like we need to go into the micro dynamics of Akeem Hicks's play What is something that you're looking forward to again out of Keem Hicks? Like, What does he bring to the table that you find to be the most impactful? Is it those mechanics? Is it the heart and soul? That's what I think it is. I think it's that passion that he plays with when he's on the field. I think he kind of elevates everyone around him just due to that high energy. I mean, every time that man's mic'd up, I want to make sure I watch that video and heck I should do it before I go to the gym because that will make me want to lift just a little bit more. So what's the top thing you're looking forward to watching out of Akeem Hicks this your maybe the most impactful element he's bringing to the table.
0: And the thing I, that I'm looking at, you can't really see on film uh, per se, but it's his leadership because if you take out Akeem Hicks out of, out of a game because he's injured, when you look at that defensive line, I don't know who the the next vocal leader at that unit, defensive line unit would be. Eddie Goldman's very soft-spoken. Bilal Nichols is still trying to, not trying to find his role, but is not that guy yet. It's really Akeem Hicks that makes an entire unit, I think, gel and play as good as it can be. So just wanting to see him continue what he's doing in terms of providing that leadership, but leading by example. Because if Akeem Hicks is saying something, he's usually going to back it up with his play if he's gonna growl at opposing offensive line he's just that's <laughs> who he is and you love to see that and like like we were saying earlier like he has battled some injuries these past two seasons but man when he is healthy and if you get the right you know subgroups into where you can sustain him for the entire season you have a guy he's being paid right now 10th highest defensive interior lineman In the league, Eddie Goldman's 11th. You want to see the productivity from that, and I think he's easily capable of it, but it's really that leadership that I've always loved about Akeem Hicks. My girlfriend, when she started watching the Bears, she's like, I like how Akeem Hicks plays. And she didn't know much about football, but now she does because of guys like that. You want to watch guys who who have that passion, that drive, and just lead by example. Doesn't she have a Hicks jersey? She does. So, I mean, she just gravitated towards him – because one again he was like growling at players like that's that's different that's cool but he's also just a beast so uh yeah stephanie has an a hicks jersey
1: i thought so I, I really did now i mentioned at the top right this is his sixth year now in chicago and it's like you blink and you miss it almost i remember you and i and brandon way back in our day the podcast talking about this new guy keem hicks on this football team wondering what kind of impact he can make could he be here like a long-term solution for the Bears at defensive line and I think he's blown expectations out of the water compared to when he first arrived here uh, in Chicago so uh, unfortunately there's rumors that they were trying to shop Akeem you know this offseason so I feel like this is one of those years Nick where we really need to take in what we're getting out of Akeem this year and start relishing some of these moments a little bit because I think obviously we have less time with them than we already had. Prior, so I don't know, if, I don't know if this is last year or not, but I think as I'm going through my 2021 season, uh, a note I'm gonna have is you know just not pay extra special attention to Akeem because I want to watch everybody, um, but when he does make a big play, uh, just really cherish that a little bit more than maybe we have in the past.
0: I would say for fans, like I don't know how you felt, Will, but last year with Allen Robinson, I'm like, man, I, you know, I'm just gonna really pay attention to how he plays just because this may be his last year. That's how I would approach Akeem Hicks this year, 2021. As as sad and hard as that, you know, it does to hear that, but that could be the the reality just because of what he's getting paid, the age, the injuries. Still very impactful, like we were talking about, but this 2021 might be the last time we see Akeem Hicks in a Bears jersey, but we have to see how he plays, how things play out. But that's how I would be approaching it. Well, each game. See, see where he's at, what he's doing, how he's tossing opposing offensive linemen and getting after quarterbacks and just doing his thing. That's how I'll be approaching it.
1: Man, I'm already juiced. I'll go back to a 2018 term here just kind of thinking about it. But, Nick, we need to move on to the next guy here on my list who's entering now his fourth year in the NFL, and that's going to be Bilal Nichols. It was this time last year we were discussing Nichols' unfortunate He he had a sophomore slump back in 2019, and he only had, I think, a single tackle for a loss that year. He didn't have a sack, and I know he was dealing with injuries, but we knew that in year three, we needed some more. We were both saying he needed to break out, and break out he did. Bilal Nichols found himself with career highs in tackles, 40 sacks, 6 tackles for a loss with seven, and QB hits with 13. Now, just saying that and remembering what we kind of got out of Bilal Nichols last year, who, by the way, they asked him to do a little bit more than years past because of the loss of Eddie Goldman, it's hard for me not to get excited about Nichols' potential for yet another step forward in 2021. So, Nick, I'll go to you. Do you expect another leap forward in production for Nichols, or do you expect maybe this is... Not a ceiling per se, but maybe we'll see more or less of the same. Which again, that is not a bad thing. He had a really good season last year.
0: I think for Bilal Nichols, you're going to see him in his most natural state playing that three technique because last year without Eddie Goldman, they asked him to play nose tackle, and like you were alluding to earlier, Will, where he was playing different positions. But hey, Bilal Nichols is kind of learning that on the fly. Like when you hear Eddie Goldman's opting out, well, I wonder what Bilal Nichols is thinking right then and there, like well, now I know I'm going to have to play a little bit of this position to just help out this entire team. But when you look at Bilal Nichols, he just has a lot of – such a young part in his career, he has a lot of moves that he can already utilize, whether it's a swim or power or just a spin move and just diagnosing what, what opposing offenses are doing in terms of running screens. We've seen him do that, you know, even in his rookie season. So now that you have Akeem Hicks at a three – Eddie Goldman at the zero tech, and then Bilal Nichols at at the other side of the three, this could be the most natural and, I think, just cohesive we've seen this group ever. Because, again, Bilal Nichols was a rookie when that group was actually there, so he's still getting acclimated to the NFL, but now he's a little seasoned. Now you have everybody else there. I'm expecting Bilal Nichols, yes, he had 40 total tackles, five sacks, eight tackles for loss last season, and that nice interception on Matthew Stafford, but this season, I expect those numbers, maybe not the interception, but I think everything can go up because he's now going to be in his natural three tech more times than not. And I think, again, another season, Bilal Nichols has all the tools in the toolbox to really do some damage this season.
1: Now, you said five sacks. I've said six. So we're probably looking at I, – I, you looked at pro football reference, I'm assuming
0: that's that's where I was taking PFF
1: I took the generous number here so we'll say five and a half we can split the difference here (laughs) that'll work for me uh so you mentioned Nichols was a little bit more seasoned and that was really a blessing to see for us Uh, you know coming into that third year even though he was coming off injuries you can tell he was still staying mentally engaged and he was ready to take that step forward what was like maybe a positive that you saw out of him specifically last season that you would love to see him build off of
0: You know, what? something that he actually learned playing that zero technique where he had to take on double teams more times than he was ever used to and where you have to really drive down your leg just to absorb the contact and then just hold your gap integrity. Yes, he may not be doing that as much now as a three technique, but it's still a good skill to know when you have to be, you know, just again, hold your gap. So then the linebackers can come and help out rally to make the tackle. So that's something that I really liked. Yes all the quarterback, the ways he can get to the quarterback is great, but doing the simple thing or not, I wouldn't say simple, the things that are maybe not as recognized that will go a long way to not allow running backs to just burst up the line, break that first interior level of the defense and gain those, gain those, you know, yards there. So that's something that I want to see from belong Nichols in this season. Maybe he might not be asked to do as much.
1: All right, so I think that's all I have right now for Bilal Nichols because we keep referencing a player, and I feel like we just need to start talking about him a little bit more in depth. So to round out our first tier, let's get reacquainted reacquainted with our nose tackle, and let's just say welcome back to Eddie Goldman. Before taking the year off due to COVID, Eddie Goldman was the anchor for the middle of this Bears defense. Prior to last season, he only missed two games in his last forty six. But now that the Bears got their A-gap defender back, the defense should be in a better position than it was a year ago, not just for this defensive line, but also the linebackers behind them. Remember, last year we saw a decrease in performance from the defense in both getting after passers as well as stopping the run. And that's not, you know, Eddie Goldman's absence. That wasn't the only reason, but it really played a decent role. I can only go back to so many post-game show notes for our podcast. I really wish we had Eddie Goldman in this play. and that play, the A-gap was a little bit abused at times and the bears down the stretch found ways to overcome it, but boy, did it hurt sometimes not having number 91 out there. So Nick with Eddie Goldman back, let's just get a little bit more specific here. How do you believe his presence is going to elevate this defense And Can you just maybe remind folks what we were actually missing last year without him?
0: Yeah. You're missing a big bodied interior defensive lineman that didn't allow for running backs to burst up the middle of the defense where, Roquan Smith, Dane Trevathan are being blocked. And that didn't happen as often when Eddie Goldman was there. And I know it's been some time since we've seen him. And, yes, he's not even at OTAs yet. And I know you alluded to that again earlier, Will. But, like, that's a guy that he's not going to have the, the, the most stats. He's not going to have the most sacks or anything like that. That's not his job, really, to do it. He can. He's capable of it. But those, the, just holding down that whatever lane that you're supposed to just – fill really that's what eddie goldman's there for to allow your athletic linebackers to make the plays so the bears like we were just talking about with belong nichols had to really just plug and play guys john jenkins was doing it you had you saw keem hicks do it at times you saw belong nichols obviously do it so different guys were having to fill a position that really eddie goldman is the guy for it and now that he's back man i wonder creativity creativity with Sean Desai, I wonder how he kind of can use that to his advantage now with Bilal Nichols and, like I said, Akeem Hicks, stunting off the edges with your outside linebackers. Things, because you have trust. That's the thing. You have trust with Eddie Goldman. I know a year off of football, maybe a, there is a little rust, but I think once he gets acclimated to just training camp and getting back into football shape, he'll be just fine.
1: When it comes to Eddie Goldman, the best I can phrase what we're going to get back We're not going to have whoever's playing nose tackle because it'll be Eddie, but last year, too many times, uh, that A-gap was just blown completely open. Again, the A-gap is the gap to either side of the center, and what we saw last year, whether it be Nichols there at times, John Jenkins, whoever they're trying to fill the void at any given snap... That center and the guard, if they wanted to run up the gut, they would take that nose and push him right into the lap of Roquan Smith or Danny Trevathan. And that happened way too easily all too often. And now with Eddie Goldman back, he's someone that can handle both offensive linemen coming at him and not lose a ton of ground. If anything, hold his ground and allow those linebackers to flow, allow those other defensive linemen to collapse inside as well, and it just makes things so much more difficult for running backs. Uh, Collapsing that pocket right down the middle is a nightmare for any quarterback and any Goldman's as strong as they come, and he can do it. Again, he doesn't rack up a ton of sacks. I think his career high is like four, give or take, and it came his rookie year, but he's someone that can at least generate that pressure, move a quarterback off his mark, and again, if you have... Akeem Hicks coming in one angle, Ballon Nichols in the other, and Eddie Goldman pushes right that center right into your lap, and you need to evade? Well, if you're going to your right side as a quarterback, then you got Khalil Mack in the way. So it really just is maybe that missing ingredient to that formula that we were missing just a year ago. And heck, even if he's double-teamed and a running back's running next to him, We've seen Eddie Goldman take him down with one arm and just sit him right on the rear end. So I can't wait uh, to get him back. But, Nick, you said trust, which reminded me of rust. And then you also mentioned rust, so I'm appreciative that you did. And I always talk about it, rest versus rust. What do you expect? A little bit of both?
0: I think that should be expected. It's a guy that I, we know that Eddie Goldman's been training and doing doing things in the offseason or just throughout the regular season, right? But it's not It's not football specific where you're in games again in the routine of a season. It's, you know, more personal training and things like that. So yeah, he's got I think conditioning is gonna be the biggest thing for Eddie Goldman starting off and being as big as he is, like that's what you that's what you do in training camp though. That's what you could be doing in OTAs. But that's all right. Um I think that's gonna be the first thing that Eddie Goldman has to overcome and then and then it'll just become natural. He's been playing football for a very long time and once you get into a routine of things I think it'll all fall into place.
1: Yeah, for me, it's as a human, I get a little concerned uh, because I think everyone could admit that they were maybe a little lazier in 2020 uh, than they would like to be in previous years just due to all the circumstances. And so maybe it will take a while to get back up to speed. So I just hope that he was mentally engaged. He's still mentally engaged. And he's someone that could be able to jump in and maybe, you know, with the shortened preseason training camp. And we have a long year. So if it took him a few weeks to kind of get back into game shape, that's not going to be the end of the world. I take a Eddie Goldman at 80 percent game shape, 70 percent game shape uh, than I would not having him at all. I guess when it comes just down to it, though, uh, with Eddie Goldman, again, if it takes him a while, uh, so be it. But when I see the Bears' moves that they made this off-season on the defensive line, to me it screams we're confident that he's going to come in, uh, in a good, and play at a very high level for us because they didn't invest in a John Jenkins. They let him walk, and they drafted someone. Tonga, we'll talk about him at, towards the end of the show, um, but that's not an investment that you make. Uh, you know, a seventh round pick. You're just hoping that he sticks. He's a good depth piece, but they didn't really address this position. So to me, I think that says everything we need to know about their expectations for Eddie Goldman, not just ours.
0: I completely agree with that. Will. and I'll give you one stat where Eddie Goldman is going to make an immediate impact. Uh, football outsiders, again, events, you know, stats with wherever you look, but the bears defense ranked 17th. So not the worst, but 17th in second level yards. And basically what that is, it's yards, where the team's running backs earns between five to 10 yards past the line of scrimmage. And it's divided by the total run, uh, running back carries that game. And just looking at the advanced metrics for this Bears defense, they're were, they were top 10, you know, borderline top 10, but this was the lowest one. So I immediately saw that. I'm like, well, you know, who wasn't there? It wasn't Eddie Goldman there. So I wonder how that number, the second level yards where these running backs are getting to the linebackers or who were usually five to, you know, seven yards back, behind the line of scrimmage. How does that get impacted now that Eddie Goldman's back? So that's one I'll definitely be keying in on as the season is progressing.
1: That's a really good, uh, I was going to say observation, but I guess find, uh, that was a a really good nugget there to kind of locate for us as we kind of wrap up Eddie Goldman. Uh, Let's enter tier two, which I'm calling key rotational pieces here today. And to begin this tier, uh, let's begin with a guy who made a name for himself in Chicago last season. and that's gonna be Mario Edwards Jr. in. And- No, not Mario Williams like I dubbed at the very end of the last podcast. It's Mario Edwards Jr. And I just want to talk, obviously he was such a nice surprise for the Bears last year. Edwards found himself making some big-time plays. Uh, He finished the season with new career highs and sacks with four, tackles for a loss with six, to go along with 13 QB hurries. I know, Nick, you're getting stats somewhere else, so they may be slightly different, but we're going to roll with them right now. And it, obviously, it wasn't just getting after the quarterbacks, though, for Edwards. He was also very sound against the run. Uh, in fact, he had the 10th highest run stop percentage, according to PFF, of all interior defensive linemen last year. And he didn't even miss a single tackle against the run last season. Talk about consistency. So I guess the only knock on Edwards' 2020 season is that we just didn't get to see a ton of them, which... You know, he only had two hundred and seventy eight total snaps last year, but when he was on the field, we saw some real solid play. But with a new contract, three years, eleven point five million, expectations do need to raise a bit for Edwards. So Nick, what should Bears fans expect from Mario Edwards once his season begins week three? Because he does have that two game suspension that he does need to serve.
0: I think you should expect to see what you saw last year out of Mario Edwards, but just more in quantity because now you don't have to fight for reps with a Brent urban and, and a Roy Robertson Harrison. He did get injured, but I think that's what you can expect from Mario Ratter, Cause he, he has a lot of ways to get to the quarterback, but like you also said, stout against the run too. And it's pretty versatile as well. Can play a three technique, five technique. So there, I think with Sean Desai and just how the bears are looking at him specifically, that's such a nice rotational piece to have. Mm-hmm. Where okay, Balon needs a breather, Akeem Hicks needs a breather. Mario Edwards, go right in there and you're not gonna you're not gonna lose anything on that defensive play or that defensive series because I go back to again that word trust. You can trust a guy like that once he gets onto the field week three and plays out that three year million, 11.5 million contract. So I really I, I think again the Bears have a, a knack for just finding some of these guys that can contribute on the defensive line. Again, maybe that's a tribute to Jay Rogers, who the defensive line coach that's no longer here coaching these guys up. But I still think what we saw last year out of Mario Edwards is you should expect to see that more in in 2021, because I think he does have a lot of the just a skill set really to do those things, but just on a more frequent basis.
1: So my next question, you're kind of already hitting on it, so I feel like I just want to kind of discuss it now. So you do expect him to keep that same level of play despite what we're going to assume is a larger role, a little bit bigger piece of the overall pie? Because I do, too. Uh, it's just I think we should know that sometimes that doesn't always you know, equate. Some, the extra snaps could lead to uh, diminishing performance.
0: Again, sometimes that happens. Sometimes it happens, but you have more opportunities. So, you know, maybe it's a little bit of both, but and maybe you're not going to face, like, I, th- I don't know how many sacks he had against the Houston Texans. That, that game, the Bears had, I think, seven sacks, <laughs> right? Everyone, so has, really,
1: everyone got one that game.
0: Yeah, so I don't know if you're going to have a lot of games like that, especially with the tough schedule, but just more opportunities to show kind of what he has and being a guy that, not that he's bounced around, but with the Saints and now obviously with Chicago, he has a chance to really earn that money and show that he's a capable guy and just maybe somebody that the Bears, obviously they have him in plans for the future with the contract, but who knows? Maybe there's a second contract in, in, in his future if he's able to play to that level consistently. I think it's just consistently. It's like you don't have to get a sack or a tackle for loss or QB pressure on every single defensive series, but if you can do that consistently throughout a season, that adds up.
1: Oh, he better get a pressure in a sack every single day. I mean, what a season that would be. It would be one uh, that would put him in the record books without a doubt. Uh, but no, Mario Edwards, someone, again, with a really small sample size last year, really was able to kind of step up in a big way and kind of a surprise, too. I didn't know what we were going to get out of a Mario Edwards. And fun fact, he was a second-round pick in the year 2015, which is the same round at year that Eddie Goldman was drafted with as well, so they're kind of like draft partners, uh, if you want to kind of look at some connections there. I thought that was interesting when I saw that one pop up during my research, but Nick, the Only other player that I have in this tier, Uh, and he's a new face this year. It's a free agent signing, someone that I'm pretty certain you were higher on or were high on when the Bears did sign him at the time, and that's going to be Angelo Blackson. He's coming to Chicago after being the Cardinals' second-best defensive lineman last season. Uh, He was second on the team in total tackles at the position with 24. He also tied some career highs in sacks, 2.5, QB hits with 8, and four tackles for a loss so if you're looking for a comparison for Blackson I think I mentioned this when we signed him just looking at his numbers just think about Brent Urban Uh, Blackson actually had a better year by a small margin when you look at the numbers um, but he did play in about 100 more snaps than Urban did uh, a year ago so Nick I know you were high in the Blackson signing at the time so I figured it'd be worthy uh, to kind of hand over to you to kick things off what do you like about Blackson's
0: game? One sec. Well, I think also to mention about Mario Edwards and maybe I should have known this before, he went to Florida state where Eddie Goldman was at. How did I not even
1: catch that one?
0: No, no, I didn't catch it either. I'm like, wait, you mentioned they were in the same draft, you know, in 2015, both second round Mario, uh, Mario Edwards college, Florida state. So, all right, now I think I know what I'm going to write my next article on. I I I mean, I think that, yeah. So, um, but to go back to your question about Angelo Blackson, Another thing that I really like about him, not only that he's six foot 6'4", 319 pounds, but versatile. Like, when I was just watching some of his, his game tape, uh, you see him playing the 5-tech versus both tackles. So, on both sides, he's comfortable with being on. You play a 3-tech versus the right guard. I saw some against the left guard. So, regardless of who needs a breather, you can put an Angelo Blackson in there. And, you, like you just mentioned earlier with, with Mario Edwards... He's going to be missing the first two games. I know I brought this up so many times, but you want a guy that can fit into the rotation, whoever just needs needs a, a break at any given time. So that's what I really like about him. But just some of the power moves that he also uses to make tackles on running backs. And look, he's not a big sack guy, only you know two and a half sacks last year, which was tied for a career high for Blackson. But you like to see somebody that can get the job done, wherever he's placed on the defensive line. So that's just something that I'm excited about because that's only going to make sure that the starters can get the rest when they need to.
1: Well, what I like about the signing, uh, again, we talk about this with a lot of players at the Bears sign on defense. We don't really say this for the offense players. Maybe that tune will change. But having a stronger supporting cast is only going to help Angela Blackson play at a higher level. They're going to be focusing on, you know, whoever else is lining up next to him, the outside linebacker, Roquan, uh, Khalil Mack. Again, maybe he's out there with the Keem Hicks and Andy Goldman. Maybe it's Bilal Nichols he's spelling for a few minutes. It's There's going to be other people that offenses are going to rather focus on than Angelo, and I think that will only bode well for him down the road because in Arizona, again, he's the second-best defensive lineman, so he was warranting some attention up front. And what I also love about this, again, second best product, most productive lineman for the Cardinals last year, and he's what the second guy off her bench. He's fifth in the rotation up front, so he can kind of you know hang in the shadows a bit. He can come in fresh, you know, mid drive on offense is already worn down. That he's going to have a little bit of a leg up over there as well. And really, when you just think about this whole tier, Mario Edwards Jr. and Angela Blackson. Just think about, you know, as the game wears on and you have these guys that you can keep rotating in, not just putting on fresh legs, but, you know, giving Akeem or giving Blal a breather so they can come back in fresh too, you know, the next series or later on in the drive. I think later in games, the Bears defense, you won't see those huge second halves where it's like, oh, they forgot how to stop the run because that was an issue last year I think that will be limited and heck even in this longer season as the year wears on guys like this become so valuable because I you know keeping those legs as fresh as possible will really play dividends for this defense so I don't want to underestimate really the impact of either of these two guys Nick
0: no absolutely well you mentioned those guys rotation and I'm just thinking is this is this the best defensive line rotation we've seen? In the past five years, in terms of just the guys that they have and what they potentially can do, I know Akeem Hicks is a little older, and you know Eddie Goldman's coming off a season where he opted out. But from the first two tiers, the guys that are going to be playing most of the game, is this is this the best defensive line? Would you say?
1: That was my next question, actually, for you. I didn't go that far. Uh, I was actually wondering just about last year, like John Jenkins is gone, but we have Eddie Goldman. so that's that's a plus. Like we're one step up. We lost Brent Urban, who had a really strong year. and he it was fun to watch him develop here in Chicago the couple of years prior. But I feel like Angela Blackson's gonna give you just a, a little bit more. I know Brent was a little better at stopping the run last year than Angelo was, but I also feel like Brent Urban, kind of like what you see with a Kevin Pierre Lewis, a Christian Jones who's left. I think they're not products of the system. They just really benefit from being around other stud defensive linemen, so or just defensive players in general. So I'm gonna go out on a limb and say potentially.
0: I, I think that's a good way of, of uh, you know do, saying it. But yeah, I think I'll, I'll you know I'll say that it is their best defensive line rotation in terms of what they're capable of in for this 2021 season, especially with John DeSai there. Let's see how that changes things.
1: All right. I like that one a lot. Anything else on this tier, either, you know, Blackson or Edwards before we move on?
0: No, I think, it, again, it just rounds out, like we were just saying, a very good first two tiers for his defensive line. And, you know, if this group can't get it done and is not more creative with Sean Desai, then that, that would be a huge disappointment because I think last year I, I may have said that, you know, the defensive line was the strongest unit. Uh, maybe I said that, but like just with the guys they had then, like, this is, you know, an, another strong unit, like I just said. So, it would be really disappointing if they don't get it done.
1: It would be. Uh, I can't dis- dispute that one bit. We can jump into Tier 3, which I'm calling the rest. I, I think that one's going to be a staple throughout Countdown to Camp. So, uh, Nick, I'll list through them, and then I'll ask for your input on this grouping. So, we have LaCal, London, uh, second year in the league, and in Chicago. He was an undrafted free agent last season out of Western Illinois. Then we have three... Four? Three? Yeah, three undrafted free agents in a row next on my list. I got Daniel Archibong, undrafted free agent out of Temple. He's a six-foot-six, 300-pound three-tech. A fun fact I was able to find about him, uh, he's a criminal justice major, and he wants to work in the FBI. So if he does well in Chicago eventually, he can always reach out to Charles Tillman, and maybe that connection will help his dreams come true. Then we got Sam uh, Kamara. I don't think there's a relation, but I didn't look that deep into it but uh, undrafted free agent from stony brook he played in 41 games over five seasons compiling 110 tackles 15 sacks and 24 tackles for a loss thomas schaefer undrafted free agent out of stanford uh fun fact for him first austrian uh, to play in the fbs Uh, he stands six foot seven 301 pounds and then we have our draft pick, Kyrus Tonga, 250th overall pick out of BYU nose tackle, who had over 130 tackles, 15 for a loss, 7.5 sacks, and 12 PBUs during his time there at BYU. So Nick, real, I'm going to call interesting group here. Only one player, London, has NFL experience, and I'm pretty certain he's spent all of last season Uh, on the practice squad. So the Bears have a lot of youth here, and not a lot for you and I to really draw off of, but are there any names that you like the most or anyone that you would be paying attention to at training camp? Uh, For me personally, it's really hard not to lean towards the actual draft pick in Tonga. Uh,
0: You know what? Just going to Sam Kamara, there is no relation to Alvin Kamara. Just look that up. So just speaking of names, yep. Um, But Thomas Schaefer, like when you're looking at these guys that are – You know, on the outside looking in, you look at stories, I think, and you'd be like, man, that would be great if this this player made it and was able to make something out of himself. Like you said, first Austrian player to play in the FCS, Um, again, born in Austria, but he moved to the United States and lived on campus at Lake Forest Academy at at college prep school. And he said, I could see the bubble Walter Payton Center from his dorm. So he saw that. And now, look, he gets he gets an opportunity with the Chicago Bears. And I thought this was funny too. Um, he had, and this is a quote, he said, I had a general idea what football was from movies, Schaefer said, referring particularly to the longest yard and remember the Titans. So that's how he got. <laughs> with football like man you just can do everything that you see the longest yard kicking people and you know doing all this stuff but um so i look at stories like that and seeing that he's already has like a small connection to the bears and you're just hoping that a six foot seven three hundred one pound kid can go out there and just maybe make a name for himself whether it's on the practice squad or just stay relevant in the nfl and being the first austrian you know to do that or to make it in the FCS, you just want to root for a guy like that and see what he can potentially do.
1: Yeah, no, that's really neat stuff there, Nick. I'm glad you are able to kind of you know uncover some of those, share it with us, and uh, that was really cool. I don't have anything else to say on this group. I'm not trying to make light of it, but I thought we did a good job talking about five of, I'm going to say six, players uh, that make the team. And uh, fun fact, that leads us into... The who or Who's going to make the team here? And yeah, I just said it. I have six. How about you? I also have six. Oh, boy. I feel like just like last week, though, we're going to have the same six.
0: Yeah. And wait, actually, I'll read off my six. Maybe it might be different for the sixth person here. And obviously, it's going to be Akeem Hicks, Bilal Nichols, Eddie Goldman, Mario Edwards, Andrew Blackson. And is it Tonga? Do you have Tonga making as a who six? That's I have. But
1: the only problem okay. I had with it is for those first two weeks, you're kind of missing someone else at the who can play at the five or the three tech because Tonga's like a pure nose tackle. So that was kind of where I was getting torn because he can maybe start the year in the practice squad as they have someone else who can play a couple of different positions for this defensive line. And then once Mario Edwards is off the suspension and they feel like they need that next nose tackle, then you can elevate Tonga.
0: That, yeah, I mean, that's a good point, Will. I wonder, does, and I was trying to look this up before the show, because he signed, um, or well, Tonga the Bears signed Tonga. I don't know how that, that doesn't have anything to affect with the practice squad eligibility or anything like that. No. I don't think so. So he should be good in that regard. But, yeah, I just think, you know, obviously, they with their very last pick in this 2021 NFL draft, they, they saw something in Tonga here that, you know led them to think that maybe there's there's something that we could bring out of him or just with coaching he could be something and there's no guarantee with any of these these late round picks but yeah i have him making it and i just maybe don't know enough about the other guys to where like oh we got to put uh whoever it is above botanga above he's a draft pick there's a little i think there's just a little bit more incentive to try to keep those guys on your roster any way that you can
1: you don't want him to get poached. I mean, that's a, something you invested in, and that would be unfortunate uh, if it happened. But also we had two seventh-round offensive linemen uh, that were pretty much on a practice squad for the majority of last season, and uh, that was pretty safe. So we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, I think that if Edwards was starting week one, I think there's a chance they roll with five and then see how that kind of plays first. But just due to the fact that he's suspended, you got to bring that extra guy up because you're not going to roll into you know week one with only four active defensive lineman.
0: yeah and it also plays into there's a bit of a, a pattern here with the bears 2021 we both have have six on the active roster 2020 was five 2019 was six 2018 was five 2017 is six it's just their year to have six
1: <laughs> there we go it just alternates and sean decided though he's gonna change it up and he's like yeah we'll do five
0: and he's just gonna ruin everything we had <laughs> a pattern here and just had to go in there and do his own thing but which probably good
1: wouldn't it be a, a terrible thing? We'll see how it all kind of plays out here, Nick. Let's play some over under. I got a handful of those for us here today. So, the very first over under, uh, I'm going to give you 30 tackles for Eddie Goldman this season. He had 24 in his last full season, 2019, but he had 35 in 2018. So, I'm sitting at 30. You're going to take the over or under?
0: I'll take the over on that. I think Eddie Goldman. Yes, he's gonna, you know, have some adjusting to do, but I'll go with thirty-two tackles.
1: Wow, I put thirty-two. I, know. awesome. Well, there you go. There's my answer. Taking the over, uh, over under seven sacks for Akeem Hicks. Three point five last year, one in twenty nineteen, but he had seven and a half in twenty eighteen. So you're gonna take the over or under of seven.
0: I'm going to go over and I won't give the number because it has to deal with something else we're going to talk about later in the show.
1: That's right. You like to make the real predictions lead into your bold predictions. I know uh, now it feels like we're in pure season (laughs) form at its finest. I'm taking the under. uh, I put it at six and a half. So he just miss it. Still not a bad year for him. It'd be his best mark again in uh, about three seasons. Uh, The next one I have here, over under five and a half sacks for Mario Edwards Jr. He had four last season.
0: I'm going over. Like I said, more opportunities will lead to more production. I'll give Mario Edwards six sacks in the season.
1: Very cool. It's no different than me. I took the over (laughs) in six as well. It's an easy one. I'll give it six and a half. Uh, I'll be a little bit extra generous and optimistic here. Why not? Uh, Over under for a new guy, six tackles for a loss for Angelo Blackson, four last year, which was his career high.
0: Ooh, I'm gonna go under. I'll say, I'll say he gets five tackles for loss.
1: Okay, I I did (laughs) five and a half. So I'm glad you're just not really trying to steal everything for me. I should go first here uh, one of these times and we'll see what happens. Uh, Last over under though, Uh, so I guess it'll be a perfect time for me to go first. Over under 140 total pressures. For the entire defensive line we had 132 a year ago i'm taking the over at 143
0: i'll go under uh i think a lot of the outside linebackers are going to get a lot of those pressures so um i don't have a number for you though but i just go under actually i have an over and under for you Hit me. and i was thinking about this over under one force fumble for the defensive line they had zero last year wow I'm taking the right? over. I was looking at that. I'll take the like, over. No, I'll give him fumbles? three. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I also have over, and I'll go, I was going to say two and a half. Like, you can't do that. We'll go two.
1: Yeah, these aren't sacks. We can't break it. We can't divide them into, you know, segments. It's yeah, two and a half. Cleo Mack was in there, too, and they didn't know who to give it to on the stat sheet, so they just each gave him a half.
0: Basically, yeah, I saw that. I'm like, none of these guys forced a fumble. Maybe that's why, you know, there's a lot of games last year where, like, there goes that running back. He'll just punch the football out. It doesn't matter how many yards I get. The ball's on the ground. So, yeah, just had to make sure I gave you that one.
1: I like it. That was a good one. If any other future episodes you have an over/under or up next, we're playing some true or false. You just throw them my way, and we'll add a little bit more uh, fun to this ending segment for our show. Uh, so I do have a true or false next. Uh, true or false? Bilal Nichols will lead all Bears defensive linemen in sacks for the second straight year.
0: Ooh, this is a really good one. Uh, I'll go true. I'll go true there. Um, I think Bilal Nichols, like I said earlier in the show, this is his breakout season where we're going to see him most comfortable. So I'll go that he will lead it again.
1: I, I'm right there with you. I feel like, uh, as we talked about earlier in the show, he's someone that is prime, poised, and ready, uh, I believe, to take yet uh, another step, which leads me to my next true or false. True or false? Blaw Nichols and Mario Edwards will each have more QB pressures than Akeem Hicks. And in a sense, this will be a moment where Akeem is like, you know, passing the torch onto some younger guys on this defense, which is very sad to say, but that's how I phrased it
0: here in my notes. I'm going to go false there. I don't think they both have more QB hits. Um, maybe pressures. Blaw Nichols pressures. or pressures. So, pressures, I still think Akeem Hicks, he, there's still enough left in that tank of his that he's going to be disruptive in the backfield and get after quarterback. So I'll go false.
1: Yeah, I, I went to White Stroot here and went false as well. Uh, again, Akeem was second on the team last year with 53 total QB pressures. Uh, I don't envision Nichols and Edwards each going over it. Uh, if they did, I think some unfortunate circumstances probably happened prior. Uh, so for me, I'm going false as well. Any true and falses for me before I move on?
0: No, because I actually, like, game plan the, the uh, over-under. Oh, it I, the I have nothing on, no, nothing on the moment this time.
1: Okay, just making sure to give you those opportunities. I have three fill-in-the-blanks for us here in this episode. Oh, so fill-in-the-blank. The Bears defensive line will be a better unit than last season due to blank. Eddie Goldman. Simple enough. I had that as one of my options. I knew you would have similar stuff to me, so my next one is due to Bilal Nichols taking a step forward. I think that's something where if he continues to you know elevate his game on top of last year, oh man, uh, that can be a, a big one. And my alternate alternate, in case you were going to do too, was Akeem Hicks coming back healthy and fresh as he's been since 2018. Uh, that also would have a huge impact for this defensive line. Uh, next fill-in-the-blank is Blank will lead the position group in total tackles.
0: Ooh, man, I'll go Bilal Nichols uh, again. This is okay. I mean, I don't have to explain it, but I'll go Bilal Nichols.
1: Uh, we'll be nickel and diamond all episode long. I went with <laughs> Bilal Nichols as well. My last fill in the blank, it's a duo. The most important player for the Bears defensive line this
0: season is blank because blank is a keem hicks because he's still a dominant defensive tackle in the league so if he plays well this whole defensive line plays well
1: i'm gonna go with edwards jr because that solid depth piece is priceless you can't like i said earlier you can't underestimate the value of having a guy like that on your football team Maybe not the most important, but it's still damn vital. (laughs) All (laughs) right. Let's give out some bold predictions because apparently you're sitting on a doozy. Uh, So what's going to be your bold prediction for the defensive
0: line? Yeah. So this is a, I don't know if it's a complex one, but we always talk about with Akeem Hicks that he gets a lot of his production early on in the season. You look at 2020, he had three and a half sacks. He had that in the first three games. You didn't see a sack from weeks 14 through through, uh, 17. No sacks there. Very similar in 2017. He had eight and a half sacks. Seven of those sacks happened in the first eight games. So a bold prediction for 2021 is that he'll have eight sacks. Four in the first eight games. Four in the last eight games. And we'll also throw in an extra wrinkle here. He'll have 20 quarterback hits. It was very similar with his quarterback hits as well. Ten in the first eight games. Ten in the last eight games. And I think if you see a productive Akeem Hicks throughout the season – Man, we've, we that's what we've been wanting to see. Not just Akeem Hicks early on, and then maybe an injury or gets gassed, but a productive Akeem Hicks throughout the entire season. I think that's better for the Bears' defense and better for that defensive line. So, eight sacks, 20 quarterback hits, but it's straight down the middle in terms of when they happen.
1: Okay, so, uh, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm going to have to do it here. What are you doing with that extra game?
0: Crap. Well... Yeah, oh, man, that's right. Doesn't that throw you
1: for a loop? Because I always feel like 16, it feels so natural. We'll we'll get there eventually,
0: man. Don't worry. I know change is hard. It it is hard. Now I can't do it evenly like I did in (laughs) regular games. Uh, We'll just go one more sack in the first, eight. uh, I guess, first nine games. We'll have five five sacks there and then 11 quarterback kits in the first nine games. Man, completely forgot that was a thing. But that's, it's still going to be really close to, to even.
1: <laughs> all right, that'll work out here uh, for me. My bold prediction, I listed four. Um, I don't know which one I would go with. Maybe I'll just rattle all four. Okay, I'll do it. Uh, I, have, I just had some fun with this thought exercise at lunch today. Uh, two defensive linemen will finish the year with seven-plus sacks, uh, Edwards Jr. and Nichols. Uh, Akeem mix gets double-digit sacks for the first time ever. He's never done that before. Eddie Goldman sets a new career high with five sacks. And two interceptions for the big guys this year who who gets the interceptions you got a mario edwards and angelo blackson the, both the depth
0: pieces for some reason okay i like that um i'm trying to see real quick and i should know this but akeem hicks he's made a pro bowl here right am am i am i off on that yeah, i'm trying to okay maybe another bowl prediction we have two guys that make the pro bowl Because the Bears will be, if they're relevant, that's obviously a popularity contest. But Bilal Nichols could definitely be that guy that can make it. And then I still like Akeem Hicks and what he can do, Will. I really, really do.
1: You can't not. But, yeah, I was surprised to remember uh, that Akeem Hicks has had his career high for one season, is eight and a half sacks, which happened in 2017. Never been a double-digit sack kind of guy. And, again, he's getting a little older. That'd be a great way if this is his last year in Chicago to go out with a bang.
0: I would love to see that happen. I'm sure Bears fans would love to see that happen.
1: We all would. That means some real good football uh, is happening for this Bears defense, uh, without a doubt. But Nick, uh, you kind of posed the question about midway through our show. Is this the deepest that this Bears defensive line has been uh, in, gosh, who knows how long? Because I'm curious, where's your confidence meter?
0: Yeah, just looking at who they have the depth and just maybe health wise looking at these guys. I am very confident in this group. And I think I'm going to put this at a, an 8.5 in terms of my confidence in this overall group. And that's, that's obviously the first two tiers when we're really looking at it and not just the collective group that they all have here, but those first two tiers, they, they are a good group. They're versatile too, which is awesome to see when you have guys that need breathers like we were talking about earlier in the show so 8.5 i don't know if that's low balling it i know i've been a little bit more maybe reserved with with some of these grades because i don't know maybe i was just overconfident in the positions you know years prior but 8.5 i i really like this group and it arguably could be the the best overall group on the team
1: from top to bottom in terms of quality of player yeah absolutely it's hard to again disagree with that, and we have plenty of positions to break down to maybe change our mind. Uh, I think last year this was one of our final of defense, so it was like, all right, you know, ending with the stronghold, and that really hasn't changed for me either. I'm sitting at personally about an eight point nine. Uh, didn't give it quite the nine, but I was very close to doing so. You mentioned the versatility. Don't forget, you know, the physicality that they play with. This is a big, strong unit. Uh, I think last year, as long as Eddie Goldman comes back and can be the same player that we know he can be, I think the year without him is going to make everyone better. Uh, at the end of the day, Bilal Nichols is going to you know picking up some traits, uh, some techniques, you know, some maneuvers that he can you know deploy elsewhere to help him out. Uh, Mario Edwards with the bigger role, I think he should live up to his contract. Blackson coming in. Uh, should be a step up over a Brent Urban and someone that I think is going to have a sneaky, really good year uh, in the amount of snaps that he'll be able to play for us. And we know we're getting in Akeem Hicks and Blow Nichols and someone who can even elevate further. So uh, there's just so much potential. And even though there's been a lot of consistency at this position, the fact that there's potential that we know is sitting underneath the surface to me is yet you know another reason for some excitement. And, Nick, I guess the only other reason – not the only other reason, but another reason to kind of get excited if it all plays out is this is the time that we should finally see this trio at full force because we've been talking about it now for about four seasons, you know, Bilal Nichols, Akeem Hicks, uh, Eddie Goldman. And at a time we thought maybe John Bullard, Roy Robinson Harris slash Bilal Nichols. But this is a trio that could be, you know, the best starting three that we've had here in Chicago, which is saying something because this has been a damn good defensive line so for me that's why i'm sitting at about a borderline nine
0: and it, it makes sense will and like i said i didn't know if my, my grade was high enough but what a guy that we haven't mentioned i'll show and i think we'll play a big part in all of this is chris rumpf the new bears defensive line coach so if he can he doesn't if he can get a fraction out of what jay rogers is able to do you still have a really good group but let's see what he can do how he coaches these guys up obviously you have good mix of veterans and also some young guys that you can kind of mix in here but i would say it's, it's it is a veteran heavy group though when you look at the the main contributors so what can a guy like chris rump coming into his first first year with the team do with this experienced bears defensive line i think you know you can be and not so good of a coach and still get some really good production out of out of this quality group of guys
1: that's a really Excellent question to kind of just end the show with and just kind of let everyone think about it uh, as they wait for our next positional previews. I want to thank everyone here. I'm going to call that an episode. Thanks to everyone who's joining us here for the live recording, partaking here in the chat. Great reason to subscribe to our YouTube channel. I think we're at about 6,300, give or take, subscribers. And, of course, to everyone listening to the podcast, Nick and I really appreciate each and every one of you, you, too. Up next, we will bounce back to the Bears' offense to preview the tight ends. What kind of jump should we expect from Cole Komet? Jimmy Graham, hey, look, he's still on the roster. Can he still be uh, a pretty huge threat in the red zone again? Uh, and what type of role-slash-playing time should we anticipate from, like, a J.P. Holtz and perhaps one of my favorite training camp heroes in Jesper Horsted? Uh, We'll discuss those and much more next time. But until then, Bear Down Chicago. <laughs>